Welcome to another great story with your host, Nick Sandino, brought to you by the Village Christian Church. Do you know any great stories? We sure do. And we can never find enough time on a Sunday morning to tell them all. Here at Another Great Story, we tell the truth about where life change, life growth, and life purpose meets our everyday life with the hope that you might experience God in your story. Welcome back to another great story. I'm your host, Nick Sandino. Joining us today uh, in this conversation of losing my religion is Sarah O'Sullivan, our campus pastor from Seneca, Illinois, and she's got a great story of literally losing a religion. So sit back, relax, and enjoy another great story. So we're in our third week of this series called Losing My Religion. What we've been talking about isn't an abandonment of faith, but instead just not going through the motions. Let's get back to the heart of why we do the things that we do uh, out of a love for a God who first loved us. And so the first week we talked about uh, getting in your Bible. You can go back and check out that episode. Uh, That was Nate and I. Last week we talked about prayer, had a great conversation. Um, And today I was tired of talking to Nate and he's still in here, (laughs) but we added Sarah. Uh, Sarah's our campus pastor. She's uh, been on our team since what, 2016? 2016. That's right. And uh, in from the most humble means, like you came in as an intern, which I is did. which I which you were the a... most overqualified intern we ever yeah, had. It's easily the most overqualified intern in any organization. In it the world. was not an opportunity that I was going to turn down. Well. She's uh, grown so much as an individual and as a leader, and now is a uh, campus pastor at our first ever uh, physical campus yep. that was started in yep. Seneca, Illinois, um, and just doing a great job over there. But um, sharing a story today of literally losing a religion. I did, in fact. Yeah, I, so I grew up Mormon and in a pretty strict you know, Mormon home. And so talking about baptism this week reminded me of a lot of, you know, just kind of funny um, but interesting things. When I was baptized, all Mormons get baptized at eight years old. Okay. That, that's considered to be the age of accountability. And so when it got to be that time that, you know, I, I put on the white dress and, and got into the baptism tub. And there were very specific parameters that were set up around baptism. And so there was a very specific prayer that was said, and there were men, you know, that would stand around the baptismal font and and watch. And when the the prayer was said very specifically, then you would be lowered under the water. Now, all of you had to be lowered under the water. And so after I was baptized and came up out of the water, I looked at the faces of the men around me, and I saw them all shake their head. It was like a... Like a judges at a gymnastic meet. It was, <laughs> yeah. wasn't a perfect 10. We got we to gotta do it again? Well, I had, yeah. So I had <laughs> long hair and one of my braids had popped up out of the water. And so then you start over. And so it was the prayer again. Oh, you have and, to do the prayer? Yes. Yeah, so oh, the my. prayer again. Oh, the and, whole ceremony yes. starts over. Yes. The whole ceremony starts over. And then get lowered under the water the second time and come back up, like excited, looking at the faces around me. And I got another head shake. Oh, gosh. Uh, because of my the hem of my dress had popped up. <laughs> And so we went through the process a third time. And the third time after the prayer and after the physical baptism, I came up and I got the nod. And my baptism stuck that time. Good. And I was done. So just in case whoever's listening, there might be a misunderstanding that the Mormon faith and the Christian faith are 
are similar or the same? Uh, I would say that there's definitely that misconception. But they're but they're not the same. No, they're they're clearly different. And there's so much to get into right there, but the reality is is there are certain things we have to agree upon as Christians. And so if if God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit of God are different, then it is not Christianity. It's not a denomination of Christianity. Mm. And growing up Mormon, I was taught that God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit of God are three separate entities. They're, they're separate. And you're taught, I mean, as God is now, man can become. As man is now, God once was. Okay. So there's this like ladder climb. Yeah. And, and so Jesus is our older brother who came and was born and earned his place at the right hand of, of God. And so we are saved by grace through faith which is a, a Christian, you know, truth, but there's an addition to it in the Mormon, like, system of believing, and there's kind of like an addendum, I guess it would be. We're saved by grace through faith after all we can do. Oh, okay. And so it's a both and. It seems mild, but it's a big shift. It's a huge shift. It changes Christianity altogether and, and truly discounts the, the saving work of, of Christ because how do you know that you've ever done all you can do. Mm. But you went on, like, you're one of the hungriest to learn people I've ever met, to, to your credit. And you just dig in and study all the time. How did that process happen that, that you started to really understand a relationship with God? You know, I was raised to study, and so very much to my parents' credit, they, they raised us to have a hunger for the word. I mean, I was raised with both the Bible and the Mormon doctrine, and we studied regularly. That was a, a very normal, you know, thing to do in, in our life. I, I would credit the Holy Spirit of God only with, with opening my eyes and my heart that there was something more. Mm. There was something more than what I knew and he created opportunities for me to dive into that and opportunities to ask lots of questions that were not always, you know, incredibly popular. But the problem <laughs> that honestly, the, the problem I had was that my pursuit of knowledge when I was younger was I was pursuing information. Like I was trying to find truth. And, and I was very focused on learning, but I was just building a ton of information in my mind as opposed to being changed by the truth of, of what I was learning. Mm. And so it was a bit detrimental, actually, for, for a while. When, when did you get baptized the fourth time? Uh, it was at the Village Christian Church, actually. So it was something I had wrestled through for a really long time. Um, whether or not I should be baptized, I started attending um, Christian churches. So when I was 22 years old was when I made the final determination that I did not believe that the Mormon church was true. And it was a hard thing to arrive at because at first, when I first started studying, I was trying to figure out, I was raised to believe I was Christian. And so I was trying to figure out if it was just Mormonism that was the problem or if it was Christianity. Oh yeah. Oh, and so boy. 
there was a lot to that's a lot to process for sure to I, think through there gosh i'm interested to hear you know age 22 leaving i'm trying to i don't want to ever assume to say a lady's age on a podcast or anywhere but it was a couple years after. <laughs> I wish I, this was on video so I you know, could see Sarah's uh, yeah. expressions. I'm 47. Couple, I'm almost 48. I know. Well, I did. So it was a couple years after 22 that we we met, right? I mean, our, it's kind of a fun story. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think we met in like 2009. Yeah. So we were um, in a school and raising money for a building, and Sarah was a, a banquet coordinator for a local company, and just tremendous to work with. And as a result of working with her. Um, we just kind of developed this friendship and then she started to come with her family, uh, to the village. And then, like you said, Nick, a, a real strong hunger and desire to know the truth and just lots of questions, lots of, you know, scripture study. And I, I would wonder, could you just share that with, you know, those who are listening? What? So on a lighter note, like in yeah. this, in, in 09, I'm trying to think I would have been like 24 or 25, somewhere in there. Okay. And I just remember... We met Sarah through doing uh, our gala, yeah. like a fundraising gala yeah. at, at Chapin's, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yep. And I just was most excited at how professional we were doing. Something. Oh, yeah. It was the most grown-up uh, thing it, I felt like made, we'd ever it made done. Us look, she made us look really good. She made us look so yeah. professional and yeah. grown like up. We, we and I felt like we were meeting in a school. Everything came out of a trailer. <laughs> and we, we loved those days. But then, like, Sarah came along and knew how to do things professionally yeah. that we didn't know how to do. Yeah. And I was like, what, what is it like to be, <laughs> be around a work? real adult? Yeah. <laughs> and she would ask real adult questions back. And I was like, I'm not there yet. I don't yeah. think I have as many real adult answers as you do. You were just such a driven, brilliant person. I never dreamt like, I bet we're doing ministry someday together. Mm. You know, that was like the... Yeah, that was not on my radar at, at that <coughs> point. It, it just definitely wasn't. So... Uh, Theology, a study of God, has always been um, a primary passion for me. But like I said, I was seeking information. I didn't realize that at the time, but I spent an incredible amount of time in my adult life seeking information and not being changed by it. And really, it wasn't until I came to the village that I understood that, that it wasn't having information about God that would rescue me. Oh, and that was a, a massive shift that took place. I'd been wrestling through baptism for, for a long time. And I was like, well, I've been baptized. I was baptized. I've been baptized more than other people I know. Right. Had it covered three times at eight years old, you know. But so I had to really think through what does the Bible say about baptism? And and as I shifted from a place of having information about God into having a relationship with him, that was a topic that I had to navigate. And, and I had kind of put it on the back burner, and I had to come and shift and come face-to-face with it and make some decisions about it. And I don't like to be a sissy, and so I just had to tackle it head-on. Uh, for a strong person, is that, is that a challenge when to, to have to— was that part of the hard part was like rearranging your thought or? You know, it was layered. I had to rearrange my thoughts on it for sure. But for me, I think it was mainly a, a pride issue. You know, like, so I had been reading the Bible my entire life. Uh, I had considered myself to be a Christian my entire life. And so then as a grown woman to 
to make a decision to be baptized, I think one of the main things that kept me from it, which I didn't understand until later, was that I didn't want people to think that I was a new Christian. Oh, so there was it was it was wrestling of of like humbling. Yeah, I I understood I needed to. I didn't want people to think that it was the beginning of my relationship with him. So how how did you process through that? I think a lot of people listening right now might be feeling that way. There's I think there's tons of mental obstacles that that people have a variation of that same story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that was one of my that was one of my bigger ones. So for me, I had to just ask myself some really hard questions. What does the Bible say about this? And do I care more about barriers or do I, do I care more about, you know, following the, the word of God? And so it came down to three main scriptures for me to make that decision. When I, when I looked at scripture of Jesus himself, perfect sinless son of God, you know, getting baptized and saying that he was doing it to fulfill all righteousness. Yeah. That's probably the biggest one because we're followers of Jesus, right? If we're followers of Jesus, then we follow Jesus. And that includes into the waters of baptism. And he was, you know, baptized by immersion. And then the, the, the second main scripture that impacted me ultimately making that decision was um, the, the Great Commission. And you look at, you know, Jesus before he ascended into heaven, speaking to the people closest to him and saying, you know, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded. And so that was very clear. And then you see Peter, after receiving the Holy Spirit, and you see him you know, delivering the first sermon and people being cut to the heart when they heard it and asking what they should do, and him saying, repent and be baptized. And so those three things together, I, I could not for the life of me come up with a single reason to not go and be baptized at, at that point. Can I just also add, you you referenced three different stories in the scripture. If I could give the, the where that's at. If oh, yeah. To check, yeah. Check on it. Um, Matthew chapter 3, uh, verse 13 and following would be Jesus' baptism. So I would encourage everyone to read the scripture on your own in that regard. Uh, Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20 is what you referenced before Jesus ascended to heaven. He told that, here's your plan, you know, therefore go, make disciples, baptize, teach. And then Acts, when the church began, um, the very first sermon by Peter, um, he gave it in most of the book of, uh, most of the chapter of Acts chapter 2. And then verse 37, people were cut to the heart. What do we do? How do we respond? Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized. So mm-hmm. just so everybody at home can, you know, uh, reference those scriptures, that'd be great. That's really good. I just... There's so many parts in that that I wish you don't be afraid to pause right now and go back to because I'm still processing some of the big things you said. It was just well done, just really well done. It's how long did it take your heart? How long did it take your heart to kind of or your brain to catch up with your heart? It seemed like there was a heart thing that was going on. There was a brain thing that was like, I'm I'm intellectual. I know these things, but. There was a heart thing that was kind of like, I got to overcome my pride. Oh, it took me a really long time, actually. I I, I wish that I was smarter uh, or that I was more, maybe my mind and my heart were more connected. I've always been incredibly driven and and I make decisions more out of a, a, of a mindset than a heart set sometimes. And so it, it took me a while for that to, to catch up. 
uh, years and years and years, in fact. And I wrestled with it for years and years and years. But it was, for me, it was pride that was the biggest, you know, barrier that I had. So I had to overcome that. Do you remember the day that you went ahead and went back, went forward and was baptized? Yeah, I mean, it, I I saw actually saw the date. Do you recently, remember the date? I do. But I I actually wasn't sure that that was the actual date because I thought it was on my birthday, which is April eleventh, because I've called it my rebirth day since. But either way, it was like a couple days. I don't remember the exact day, you know, on a calendar, but I remember the day. Well, it's because it's, it, it was one of those stories that we that mm-hmm. that's why we exist in ministry. Yes, like you dream of coming across somebody who has what you said, like has a head knowledge, and we live in a place that that has a lot of assumptions about God, mm-hmm. and then you watch their heart catch up and God do a thing. Yeah, and I, I remember thinking something's going to happen here. Like you could just tell it was such a heart decision, and your uh, natural leadership capacity. I was like, boy, there's, there's something that's going to happen here. Pretty significant. Do you know this about I, Nate? I didn't. Really. He has like key phrases that he uses about people. I'm picking on you, right? Sure. And you can hear it live. Yeah. You call when Nate says that's a special lady, or she's a piece of gold. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like yeah. It, it's his heart saying like, I can't wait till what's next. And oh, I remember him neat. clearly in the office. Yeah. Recapping like your story. You know, this was our banquet yeah, lady. Because we this had, was we the... had kind of gone toe to toe on some scriptures and some <laughs> other things. Not in a just just in a like, wow, this is this is what it is. And so wrestle, let's wrestle with it together. And I just remember, you know, it doesn't have to be a fancy place to get baptized. That was in a auxiliary gymnasium um, that we with a portable thing that we'd set up and that we spilled water over oh, all over. Yeah, I mean, it was all very, the time. It was awkward. It was weird. You know, changed in a, a junior high. Gyms are room. never warm. Yeah, it was by a door, so yeah. we could like quickly drain it. Yeah, I don't know. It was just always. Awkward. I guess that it just shows that it's not the it's not the water, it's not the tub, it's it's what God's doing in somebody's life. And um, I'm remembering, and you can help me on this. It seems like that decision was made, and then a few months later, I can't remember. Did Bob get his transfer like right soon after that? Was it a year later? It wasn't very long. No, it wasn't very long. Um, it wasn't very long after that. I think it was just a, a, a month or so, maybe. Yeah. It was like... That was the big, other familiar piece about being uh, a church that was young. Oh. It seemed like whenever we saw God do a huge thing, they would move. Yeah. Not change churches. Like, literally be moved away. And we would be so happy uh, for you, and at the same time, so crushed. Like We could see all of the fruit... We're like, God we selfishly would like life. that fruit here. Gosh, you know, but it was neat. Can you describe that experience a little bit of just kind of getting started and then a kind of a head fake and, oh, we got to go somewhere else now? And Well, it's a part of a much bigger story that I'm not sure we have time to really We got time. Do you want to tell into. it another time? It, it's, I mean, it's a big story. Yeah. Of, I mean, it was in October the, the year before that I clearly, you know, heard from the Lord that he wanted me to, mm. to move on and do something else, but I didn't know what that thing was going to be. And I didn't honor what he was telling me to do. I actually argued with him about it. And I had involved you in that process, Nate. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. I called I and had asked you some very clear questions about that. But it was very, very clear. He told me to leave 
my job. And I argued with him for two weeks straight. I, I sat and would tell God I thought that was incredibly irresponsible <laughs> and didn't make any sense at all. You know, and I quickly, <laughs> I, I had gone, I talked to my boss about it. She loved the Lord, which I, I, I'm so thankful for her. Um, and, but then I quickly talked myself out of it. And I was obedient in, in some of the things that God was calling me to, but not all of them. And it was pretty quickly after that I came home and um, Bob was transferred away and I had no choice but to leave my career. A yeah. long, long story short that we're going to have you back on to tell. I remember when you called and where I was sitting in our old office and you said, hey, it's Sarah O'Sullivan. Um, do you have any camp spots left? Do you remember calling? Oh, yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, we always have. We always kept like, a, we always sandbagged a few spots like yeah. that we could squeak kids into. Yeah. And you're like, I'd like to sign Rain up for CIY. And it was like, well, it had been a while since we'd heard from you or you'd been, a, you know. Yeah, we'd been gone for a year. A year. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of felt like, you know, that was it. And I thought maybe you were just trying to reconnect back to like your old community. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll sign Rain up. And then the, like shortly you were moving back and still didn't think moving back meant that you were going to come intern and then I had nothing to share with you. Like you were, <laughs> you moved mini, uh, student ministry to a much higher standard. Uh, we were able to do worship. We were able to add so much and then just quickly, um, let's tell all that another time. Yeah, yeah. that would be great. Yeah. Sorry to open that can of worms. No, I it's think great. The, I think I'd rather I th- wet the appetite. Yeah, like too. you got to hear what God does. Yeah. What when, a story. When he moves in your heart and you respond obediently, yeah. like you do, you have no idea what it's going to look like. And so all the anxiousness that we feel, a hesitation that we feel about like responding in obedience, he's always right. He is. I, I think it's interesting. It's that principle that, you, you worked through Sarah on baptism of responding in obedience, even though there was some, you know, just some uncertainty about that or just some, I had to kind of go through some, you had to go through some process. Well, I'm, I'm incredibly stubborn, so it's hard. We, we, <laughs> welcome it's to the really, club. It's really, really tough like, yeah. to, to continually, like when we have a relationship with Jesus, it's not submitting once. Yeah. It's like a, a daily hey, surrender. Hey, write that down, listeners. That was... Yeah, I, I think that's interesting because... For someone who never says submit. <laughs> well... It, it, to be it, able to submit and surrender under yeah, what I was being called to. It's so great. Sometimes you know, we talk about baptism as like a one-time, one-moment deal, but really it's a it's a lifestyle. It's mm-hmm. the beginning of a lifestyle. You're kind of putting the stake in the ground, hey, from this moment on. And um, in your life, uh, I can think of like three things just immediately that were massively huge that you just felt like, uh, this is what God's calling me to do. And um, what I appreciate is you would do it. It, it might have been two weeks of, a, of an argument or a struggle, but you would always do that. Sometimes it was earlier. You would just say, this is what the Lord's telling me to do. I'm just going to do it. And it has worked out in massively amazing ways. And I think that's, you know, we're talking about baptism, but that's really the the lesson here is, struggling with the Lord and what he's calling you to do according to scripture mm-hmm. and then following it. Yeah. Just watch how those things work hand in hand. Like everything that we've talked about, look at how in your Bible praying and then responding in obedience. We talk about yielding. We talk about 
like in every facet, how those things walk hand in hand and how critical they are. Do you know, um, I knew that making that decision was going to open up a can of worms in my family. And that was another huge wrestling point for me. Mm. When I, when I left the Mormon church, I was really young and I think it was, um, attributed to, um, you know, like youthful rebellion in a lot of ways, but it was kind of quiet in our family and we didn't talk about it much. They knew I was no longer a part of that, but it changed drastically when, when I decided to get baptized because that was loud. Oh, because wow. that was a big splash. Nobody could deny it. We were going to have to talk about it. And, and I invited my family to come and be a part of that. And so there was just no way from that point on, it was like drawing a line in the sand and I was stepping over that line and, and not being quiet anymore. What's been the, the good that's come from that decision that you felt like you needed to make with your family? Um, what's been some of the struggle? Is that too personal to ask? No, I don't think so. I, there, I, I would say our relationships changed. Sure. I, I was worried about maybe being disrespectful mm. to them. And and so I really do try to be uh, respectful of, yes. of who they are and where they are and, and what they believe. But I needed them to be respectful of who I am and where I am and what I believe and yeah. who I believe in. Yeah. And it was an opportunity for me to, like, declare that truth boldly. Yeah. And I, and I took it. But there's been, you know, there's been some struggle since then. Sure. I, I'm thinking about... I think we'll keep telling it. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Go ahead. Well, I just, there, there's been a couple times where, you know, Sarah's high, her, high, high work ethic on so many levels. And I remember like her saying, hey, um, I have a family member that's making a decision for Christ and I have used up a vacation time, but I'd really like to be there for that. Yes. And the answer we'll is... We'll pay your gas. Yes. <laughs> what? When is it? Well, it's a Sunday. Yes. I don't care if it... When, whenever it is, let's cover that. Yeah. Um, and it's just been neat to see... I don't think there's ever been a uncertainty of your heart on that either. No. Like, always on the right thing of whatever glorifies God, wherever it glorifies God. Yeah. You you were always gracious on that stuff. And and I think people know that you're generous and, and gracious. I don't think they know that it comes into your work ethic. Well, I just think in Sarah's situation, it's just been neat to see um, the the impact that it has made on your family um, for the Lord, and certainly challenges along the way, but some pretty significant decisions but as like well. Worth it challenges. Oh, worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's cool. So we had some questions come in this week. Good. Um, and and I want to remind you, you can always text a question, and we'll. If we can't address it on the podcast, we'll address it the best we can in person if we if we have a contact for you to reach back out to. Um, but you could text us to a real person, and the number is 815-792-9006, uh, and we'll do our best to follow up with you um, because we this is what we want to do as a church. We don't want you to blindly go through it because we said so. We want you to look at the Word. We want you to engage with God through prayer. We want you to respond uh, to his lead on this. The question that came in that we're going to start with uh, is this. My question is, does the Bible explain what baptism is? Like, does it need to be witnessed? Does it need to be performed by someone specific? What's the criteria for baptism in God's eyes? So there's a few questions there. 
<clears throat> and we'll take turns kind of combing through that. But does the does the Bible explain what baptism is? Who wants to go first? I think it does. I would say it does pretty definitely. I mean, just the word itself means immersion, to yeah. be immersed. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think it's it's mentioned so many times in the Scripture and different ways in which people, you know, they were baptized in rivers, they were baptized in lakes, they were baptized in the um, sea. Of, you know, there, there's just everywhere you see it. Most specifically for me is Jesus' baptism. You know, he in the Jordan River, didn't, feed yeah. the Sea of Galilee, yeah. yeah. And it was a 70-mile walk to do that. So you don't walk 70 miles accidentally. It was a, it was a you know, it was on purpose kind yeah. of a thing. And, and I said on Sunday, that's like walking from here to Bloomington. Yeah. Which is a hike of a drive. Yeah, I don't even like driving down there. So <laughs> it's just like, um, I think what's also interesting is Jesus was in his adult years. You yeah. Know, when he did that, age 30, you know, approximately. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like... He was a young person that was, you know, just trying to figure the world out. He had he thought about that and um, was yep. ready to begin. Yeah, so one of the things that I thought was neat is nobody, when he shows up in the scene, understands who it is walking up, except for John. Yeah. You know, and there's something really profound there because John's like, he's just come out of this conflict where he doesn't want to baptize these Pharisees who have the wrong heart, and he calls them a brood of vipers, and they were trying to politically keep with the show. Yeah. You know, and and almost hijacked this movement of coming back to God in a pure way. And it, so you have this conflict, and then out of that, Jesus walks up. He's like, I'm not going to baptize you either, but for the complete opposite reason, you know, because you should be the one baptizing me. You know, and Jesus is like, no, to fulfill all righteousness. And it, and John immediately is like, well, if, it's that, if that's the case, let's do it. Yep. You know, so I, I think that answers that part of it pretty well. Does it need to be witnessed? Does it need to be performed by someone specific? So the the question that I had to ask myself on that is, why on earth wouldn't I be baptized? And why wouldn't I want people to come and be a part of that? Any of the big celebrations that we have in life, we invite the people that we love to. They're things that we share with other people. Graduation ceremonies and birthdays and and weddings. And this is a huge marker moment. It's a massive step in our obedience with the Lord. Why wouldn't we share it with other people. And if we do want it to be private, I think we just need to really ask why. Sure. Mm. Sure. I think it's interesting. You know, we have people that make decision for baptism and they, they're baptized here at our Medica campus mm-hmm. um, in a service. That's a lot of people. That's really great. Um, we've had multiple, multiple, multiple uh, people be baptized in our backyard, in our pool. And it becomes a, party almost like it's they they invite their their closest family and friends and um sometimes it's 10 people sometimes it's 30 people sometimes it's four people um it's whoever can be there uh and it is a celebration i think there's something kind of special about a a time to be baptized when it's when it's not in a service because there's no time clock we're not trying to there's no rush. There's Don't no rush. fit this. Yeah, and and one of the things that's I think signature to the village is when we'd open it up like to encouragement. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and that was some of my favorite stuff that we get away from when we do it in service. You know, yeah. we're open it up, share some words of encouragement. 
yeah. tell people why you love them and how proud you are of them and yeah. pray together. Yeah, we it just becomes a, a, a lengthier time and, and you can really, it's like we're not eating fast food. We're, we're enjoying yeah. a meal here. We're, we're really savoring every moment. Um, there's others. Go ahead. You know that looking back, that was one of the really important things that happened when I was baptized. My parents came to that and they were there. Yeah. And it's different when you hear somebody else's voice on, on something like other people that were in my life and that had, had seen God operate in my heart and, and just change me from the inside out. And so other people's voices, my parents heard that. It wasn't just their daughter that was making mm-hmm. this it was like other respectable people too that were speaking this stuff into your life yes what a neat thing i never re- thought about that it was really a, a cool moment and i looked over and saw my dad crying oh my goodness yeah. D- do you remember the initial celebration how we used to celebrate we would go to um first christian which is our parent church mm-hmm. and um because we didn't have a baptistry we couldn't even afford a portable one how pathetic is that yeah um, but they had one and we would just call ahead and then we would, people would be baptized. And then I believe we would go to turtles and have a yeah, uh, skillet, skillet cookie. cookie. <laughs> yeah. It was a cast iron cookie that they yes. you know, cooked in the small cast iron pan and yes. covered with ice cream. I'd be like, I'm buying. Let's if go. You want, if you want a picture of, of our, our founding pastor's heart, it's a skillet cookie is, yeah. you know, is yeah. worth celebrating all the time. Skillet cookie and waters. Everybody what? get a water. I got the skillet cookie and we're good. <laughs> Everybody. Uh, one of my favorite things is, we bought those confetti <laughs> poppers for student ministry yeah, and never had a plan on how we would clean it up. So we would baptize on a Sunday night and just shoot confetti all over the place and we would buy cupcakes. And that was uh, another yeah. signature celebration. I think we should, <laughs> I think, I think if there was one weakness, we should go bigger on celebrating we when we do this. And it's, it's such a fun thing. There's another part to that question. Does it need to be performed by a, someone specific? Yeah, I think it, um, it all throughout Scripture. When someone was baptizing another person, they were they were a strong believer. They were a yeah. believer, and so that's the you know. Do they just, have to be a pastor? No, no, Do, yeah, no, just a believer. Yep. Um, oftentimes, um, we're seeing, and I think it's great, uh, family members baptizing their their family member. You know, like a, yep. a husband baptizing his wife, or children being baptized by their parents. Um, we're actually seeing more and more people in the tub. I was thinking about Sonny and Lily um, baptizing yeah. uh, an entire you know husband, wife, and their daughter. All that's five people, and it was all at once. We we kind of got everybody in, and we we're like, "How do we want to do this?" And I said, "Let's just do it all together," you know. And so it was just this neat. You start to think through displacement. It makes you start thinking math. Then, <laughs> like if we're putting How two under and five in <laughs> yes. a tub that's only six feet across. Like it, it works. Don't overfill it. Well, you yeah, know, it's okay. We've come close sometimes. Yeah. But I think the more, the merrier, um, it's just great. Just different people. And you don't have to be in, you can be outside, but, um, you know, just being a part of that process, it's just really special. It's community. And what's the criteria for it in God's eyes? The, the criteria for being able to baptize somebody? Yeah. No, no, no. No, the criteria. I think the, the person asking the question was saying for them to get baptized. Oh, gosh. Oh. Um, you know, I would, I would say that it's just vitally important that they are able to confess with their mouth, you know, that Jesus is Lord, that they believe in their heart, that God raised yep. him from the dead, that they recognize that it is Jesus who saves us and, and, and rescues us. 
Yeah. And that they're taking that step in, in baptism because that is what we're, we're called to do because that is what Jesus did. And if we're following Jesus, we follow him into the waters of baptism. So I, I, there's two good scripture references. And yep. this is something we talked about off air. Yep. And we didn't know that they bumped up against one another when we were talking. Because So we wanted to just see where one another was going a little bit before we got on air. And I said, the the caution that we see in scripture is Acts uh, 9, Nate. Is that right? It's actually, I believe it's Acts chapter 8. And so, so in yeah. Acts 8, we get this guy, Simon the Sorcerer. Yep. He was by the few verses we have on him into some weird stuff um, and operating under an authority that was not of God. And then we see this movement where the, you know, disciples are, are proclaiming, you know, Jesus as Lord and people are responding and he's envious of their power. And so he says, well, I want to get baptized because I'm a, I'm a sorcerer and I want the same kind of power that they're operating by. And when, who was it? Was it when Peter found out? Like he just gives him a complete Yeah, so it's at chewing. Acts, Acts chapter 8, um, verse 18. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying of, on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, mm-hmm. give me this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. I think key word ability there. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I want to have this power. Yeah. I want to be the leader of people. Yeah, and Peter said, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. And yeah. He gave him a little more, you know, things to say, basically like, you've got the wrong idea here, buddy. Um, and uh, it's the wrong heart. It's yeah. the wrong motive. And then you butt yeah. that up against this Ethiopian yeah, who's uh, a well-to-do individual who's traveling, reading scripture, reading Old Testament scripture. Yeah. And, and it's a big story, but I mean, Philip is relocated there. I mean, I don't know how else you would say it. Philip gets plopped into this situation, and the Ethiopian's like, how do I understand if nobody can explain it to me? Yeah. And he goes, well, let me tell you about Jesus. He explains Jesus, and they baptize him on the roadside. Yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to this story. Verse 26, um, angel of the Lord tells Philip, go south to the desert road and just be there. He's there. This Ethiopian unit comes by. He's reading scripture and he's like, I can't understand any of this. And Philip's like, I can explain it to you. And um, so he does. And it's the scripture. He was led like a sheep uh, to the slaughter as a lamb before the shear is silent. So he did not open his mouth and his humiliation. He was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants for his life was taken from the earth. So it's like, who is he talking about here? And then he described as Jesus. And as they travel along the road, verse 36, he just said, well, if that's Jesus, I want to accept him. Where can I be baptized? And he said, there's some water. Let's, can I just do this right now? Yeah. And, and he was like, yeah. And so, so he went, but they just jumped out of the chariot and off they went. <laughs> criteria, believe. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. You know, it's, it's just so simple. It's so beautiful too. We've been wrestling with this. So my 12-year-old and 10-year-old, we, Bennett had grown up seeing baptisms. And I think this connects with a lot of people. You know, when, when are my kids ready and when should we talk about this? Yeah. And I wanted to see their heart start to believe it, not to just think that they were making mom and dad proud. Right. Like, don't do this because you think mom and dad are going to be real proud of you. And, yeah. and we are really proud of you. And so we would push back and we would push back with some questions about what they believed and not trying to get them to parrot an answer. And <clears throat> it was a big night. And <laughs> like, it just was an emotional night when, when you saw that click. 
Um, and it was that was like a Thursday night. I called Nate, and we we did it that Sunday, and that was to get everybody there. Now my third daughter, Vale, is seven, and we're working through the children's Bible, and she's understanding, you know, what Jesus did, and she's a strong-willed. You'd like her, Sarah. I mean, you oh, do, I like, do like her. So you guys yeah. are peas I in a pod on some Vail. things. So <laughs> you know, just wonderful. a strong young lady. Yeah, and she's wrecked by this. What Jesus did for her. And my thought was, man, I should just, we should just take her over and do it if it wouldn't break some grandparents' hearts, you know? Mm. Like, and she's right on the brink of it, you know? So we're wrestling with that. It, it kind of leads us into that next question of, um, of the Holy Spirit, which is the big piece of this. This is, you know, in the Great Commission that we mentioned, it's uh, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded and surely I'm with you. Like, I believe that's referring to the Spirit of God that's with us. Peter doesn't preach until he receives the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Um, the Holy Spirit is, the big deal on this is that prior to Christ, God wasn't just on people and in people all the time. Like, it was an exception in Scripture. And he dwelled behind the curtain in the temple. And so now we see the temple curtain torn, God's dwelling place, and God pours out a spirit on us. And so the question was, is the Holy Spirit received only after baptism? What should I tell my kids about the Holy Spirit's presence in their life prior to baptism, if so? It's a good question. I've got some thoughts. Who wants to go first? So it's, it's really important for us when we look at the Bible to take all the truth of the, the Bible together. And the reality is, is we do see at least three times in Scripture that I can think of people receiving the Holy Spirit of God outside of baptism. Yep. And so we do know that that is the case and that that does happen. But we also see very clearly that when Jesus himself was baptized, we see the Holy Spirit of God, you know, descending down on him in that practice. Yeah, when we see it taught frequently, we see a collective. And we've even made reference of that as we teach, that we would teach it as a collective, that when your heart believes and you respond, what's that look like, you know, to go public with baptism and receive the Holy Spirit, that there's this... Uh, the caution that we run into is to not turn it into a checklist. Like if I do enough of the right things, maybe God will notice and show up in my life. That's not the gospel. You know, so maybe if I'm nice, maybe if I go to church and I get baptized with these by these other Christians, maybe God will go, I see what you're doing and, you know, sneak in on you. Instead, yeah. it's like a heart response to like, I do believe in you. I do trust in you. And God, I want you in my life. And it, you should be having that conversation with God. You yeah, know, like I sure. want your spirit mm. today. Yes. Like we prayed that before we started this podcast. Mm -hmm. We did. You know, off air. Like God, we don't want to go out in front of you without you. We want mm -hmm. you heavy on this and you to be the lead. So the answer to the question is, you know, how do you help your kids? Uh, when I was a kid, I wanted to be you know, a believer and I wanted to know the Lord and just had that sense. But my problem was I wanted to be perfect mm. before I could then become baptized. So I was asking for God's help and I could feel and sense God was working in my life at a young age. But I just thought I got, I can't let him down. So I, mm. I got to be perfect. I got to be strong. And so I try to be good for a week and I'd fail. 
And then I think, okay, I'm going to try again this next. If I can be oh, good and hit for, the reset. If I could just be good for one week, then maybe I'm ready to make this decision. And, and I never made it. And I finally had to kind of have some leadership and some great mentors in my life just say, Nate, you're never going to be perfect. So keep seeking the Lord, but whenever you're ready, and I was in junior high, so I was a little bit older. It wasn't like I was four or five years old or seven or eight or whatever. I was, I was 13 or 14. Yeah. My brother, who's three years younger, was baptized before me. I didn't know that. A lot of pressure in like a church family, right? It was like, he was like, yeah, I'm in. Oh, they were worried and about you. Probably. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's like we said on Sunday, you don't have to, you don't take a, you don't take a, a, you don't get cleaned up before you take a bath. You, you take a bath to get cleaned up. So I just, I needed to take And the that. bath here is Jesus. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. And so it's I, not the water. Correct. Yeah, it's not I, magic water. No, I needed to, it was a hard issue. So, um, you know, whoever asked that question, just keep encouraging your kids to ask, seek, mm. find, you know, yeah, ask, here's knock, a, you know, all that. And here's the, the scripture reference on that. So, um, and this is three pastors in the room. We're still looking at the text, just, just blown away. Sure. It yeah. just blown away how it, it joins together. Luke eleven, um, the disciples ask Jesus, "Teach us how to pray," just as John taught his disciples how to pray. You've probably heard this because it was we've heard the disciples do this, and Jesus teaches them the Lord's prayer. This time, it's a separate occasion, and he teaches them how to pray with an abbreviated Lord's prayer. He doesn't call it that. Uh, but he says, Father, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins uh, so that we forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. That's the entirety of the prayer. Where it gets big is he goes on to explain in the scripture that suppose you have a friend uh, and you go up to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me. Uh, and suppose no one on the inside answers. Uh, they answer, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are laid in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he won't get up and give you bread because of his friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he'll surely get up you and give you as much as you need. So what's that have to do with the Holy Spirit? Jesus goes on to say, ask and it'll be given. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. Everyone who asks receives Everyone who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, here's where I think this gets taught out of context. I think we apply that to needs of, God, I need this. I need more money. I need more, like, I need you to get me through this. And you can go to God with those things. But he goes on to explain, again, Jesus teaching. He says, which of you, fathers, if your son asks for a fish, gives him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, gives him a scorpion. If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask of him? There you go. And that's it. So, I mean, like, are you in conversation with God? I just talked to Bennett last night. She's doing Bible recap. She's 12. Uh, um, and so we, we hear her listening and reading through her Bible. Then she listens to Tara Lee. And I said, hey, don't forget to talk to him about what he just said, or else you're just reading history. And it was about covenant making last night. And and she goes, you're really good at that. Thanks. And it was just like a reminder, because she was going to go to bed and not talk to God about who he was or what he's done. Like, invite him into your space. Pray over your kids that God would invite, you know, invade their space. And That's great advice, though. I think that really would have helped me when I was uh, a kid to have heard that from, you oh. know, from my dad. I love that you said that to her. Yeah, I, 
we got joking after that. I was like, well, I am a preacher, so you're going <laughs> to, I'm going to land one once in a while with you, you know? It's, that's my heart on it. Do, like Nate always says, engage with the scripture and respond to the scripture. What's the scripture teach? And if you were to respond in the simplest form of obedience to the next thing God has for you, what would it be? Not with a heart to impress him, mm-hmm. not with a heart to prove to him, and maybe he'll talk to you, but just to sit with God quiet, not in perfect language, just to say, God, you're good. I'm, I'm not, and I need you. And I just want your direction in my life. I want to respond to where you've called me. Yeah, the God of the Bible is the same God today. So the yeah. things that he did in the scripture, he wants to do in our lives and in his church. We just have to follow it. Mm. We need to have a, a posture of surrender. When I was baptized, something broke loose. Mm-hmm. Oh, in the obedience. Yes. And so one of the best pieces of advice I could even give people on this topic, if they're trying to make a decision, if they've been wrestling with, you know, with it for a long time or even a short period of time is, what is your why for not doing it? Mm. I cannot think of a single good reason to not get baptized outside of it being like a medical issue where it is impossible yeah. to be baptized. That's another story, but we've had a couple of those, and we've worked around we it. just work around mm-hmm. it. Yep. God knows your heart. We've had, we've had baptisms in jails that didn't have baptistries. We've had baptisms in hospitals that didn't have baptistry. We've had elderly uh, that have had some obstacles. You know, and there's just a posture of the heart, mm-hmm. you know, and such a, a kindness in your heart. So think about all the things we've talked about the last few weeks and, and respond. Wrestle with the Scripture. Wrestle in prayer with God. Respond in, in obedience. We, he, he wants your heart. He loves mm-hmm. you so stinking much, you know. Yeah. I think that's good. We got it. Good there. We got I it. can't wait till next time. Sarah, would you pray us out? I would love to. Father, thank you so much for this time that we've had to spend together. Lord, I pray that your word would sink into all of our hearts and, and change our hearts and change our lives, God, as we continually align our lives to you. Father, help us, help us to surrender, help us to submit and follow you ever more closely in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us on another great story. If you're looking for a good church home, we'd love to have you join us here at the Village Christian Church. You can do that in person in Manuka, in in, uh, in Seneca, Illinois, in Cole City, Illinois at 9 and 1030. You can join us online at the Village Christian Church. I'm sorry, live.thevillagechristianchurch.com. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Facebook. We just want you to have a good church home with a good church body around you uh, to walk with you through this. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Uh, Until next time, thanks. Thank you so much for joining us for another great story. Make sure to click that subscribe button so you never miss our latest stories. And if you are in the market for a great church home, check us out at thevillagechristianchurch.com. We've got more great stories ahead, and we can't wait for you to hear them all. So until next time, keep living another great story.